Coming up on today's episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast, we have a few more voicemails, this time not regarding the addition of Leonard Fournette that we are going to get to. But first, the Buccaneers are bringing in former Arizona Cardinal and Miami Dolphin quarterback Josh Rosen to be part of the practice squad. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. I am James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArko underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Your Tampa Bay Buccaneers lead story is that the Buccaneers, while putting together their practice squad, agreed to a deal with former Arizona Cardinal and more recently former Miami Dolphins quarterback Josh Rosen to join their practice squad. According to multiple reports, Josh Rosen turned down the opportunity to be on other NFL teams' 53-man rosters in order to have the opportunity to join Tampa Bay's practice squad. Now, Josh Rosen has guaranteed money that has already been paid to him by the Dolphins because of his release. So this is not a financial thing for Rosen anymore. It is simply putting himself in the best position for his future. And David, you can say that Josh Rosen certainly got a raw deal the past couple of years. He gets drafted incredibly high by the Arizona Cardinals to a terrible team with a terrible coaching staff. They fire their coaches, bring in a new guy who trades him to Miami to bring in Kyler Murray. Then he goes to Miami, another terrible team with another not-so-great coaching staff. He's fighting for playing time with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, this guy's been bounced around and just hasn't had the opportunity to develop into what many believed he could be. So joining the Buccaneers practice squad, learning behind Tom Brady, being on a sound or being with a sound coaching staff might be the best move for Rosen's long-term future this year. Yeah, honestly, I mean, it just kind of speaks to Josh Rosen's intelligence, which if you go back to when he was coming out of UCLA into the NFL draft, that's something that a lot of people really ranted and raved, raved about was, was his football IQ and just his intelligence in general. And I, I think this is the smartest move for him. I mean, he could go to, you know, I don't know, say a Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't know what who the teams are that were, were offering him spots on their active roster, but you know, let's say let's say he goes to Pittsburgh and he backs up Big Ben and Big Ben gets hurt as Big Ben tends to do. And then he comes in there and, and like you've already kind of chronicled, you know, going to his third team, his third scheme, his third offensive coordinators, third quarterback coach in the NFL. You know what I mean? Like this dude needs some time. He needs the ability to sit back, let things germinate, let things grow. And honestly, I think it's best for Josh Rosen if, if he's just out of the spotlight for a year and he's out of the conversation for a year, chilling on a practice squad, pretending to be, you know, Drew Brees or whoever they asked him to pretend to be for that week. Uh, and, and James, this reminds me of the conversation we had about James Winston when it was clear the Buccaneers were moving on from him as their starting quarterback. And we had 
a, a listener call in with a voicemail asking if it was possible Jameis Winston could stay in Tampa and be a backup. And I said back then, and I stand by it to this day, that if he stayed in Tampa to back up Tom Brady, that would end. it would be the best thing that he did for his career. And that when he was 36 instead of 26, he would look back on it and say, yeah, that was the right decision. But as a 26-year-old, you don't always see the forest through the trees. And, you know, that, that, that pill you have to swallow to swallow your ego and to put yourself in that position is hard to swallow. So I get it. I get why he didn't make that decision. Or maybe the team never even offered it to him. Who knows? Uh, but he ended up making a similar type decision, right? Going to New Orleans to back up Drew Brees, learn from Sean Payton, which I don't know if I would ever put Sean Payton up on a higher level or a higher rung than Bruce Arians as far as learning how to be an effective quarterback. But, hey, it is what it is. Uh, but bottom line, you can't say you can't deny that the influence of a guy like Drew Drew Brees is going to have on a young quarterback is is immeasurable and invaluable. So while he take he's taking a lesser contract, just like Josh Rosen is making less money, less stardom, less playing time, all that stuff. The long term ramifications it could have on a, on a on a quarterback's career from being behind a guy like Drew Brees or like Tom Brady in Rosen's case is huge. So again, a very intelligent decision by Josh Rosen himself, and I think we need to applaud that a little bit. And then, yeah, moving forward, you got to give the kid a little bit of a grain of salt. Again, another Arizona quarterback, Matt Leiner. I mean, what could Matt Leiner have been if he had a stable environment in Arizona? It seems to me like outside of the Bruce Arians time, Arizona Cardinals have just been shaky ground. More conversation about Josh Rosen coming up in just a moment as well as the first of a couple of voicemails that we are going to get to. But first, we have to give a shout out to our friends over at Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers for online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need and a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and most importantly, prices you prefer. Those prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals as well as the do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Don't do that. Don't do that. Just go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Coming out of a holiday weekend here with the Locked On Bucks podcast, David Harrison and James Yarko talking. Josh Rosen, former first-round draft pick, just three years ago, James, first-round draft pick of the Arizona Cardinals, onto the Miami Dolphins, now onto the Tampa Bay Buccaneers practice squad as former Tampa Bay Buccaneers backup quarterback Mike Glennon headed to the Jacksonville Jaguars practice squad. So interesting times to be a backup quarterback in the National Football League these days. Uh, but talking about Josh Rosen, because he's actually going to matter for the Buccaneers this season. Um Again, we've kind of already chronicled a little bit just how hyped up he was coming into the NFL draft, uh, just how high he was on a lot of people's boards. I'm going to get a little bit into that uh, later. But first, James, I want to go over some numbers because, you know, I'm, I'm a numbers guy. Uh, you do love some numbers. Yeah. Josh Rosen in his two professional seasons thus far, completing 54.8% of his attempts. He's only got 500 career attempts right now, 502 to be exact. 
12 touchdowns, 19 interceptions, and his longest career pass, 75 yards. His yards per attempt is sitting at 5.7 yards per completion, sitting at 10.3. Quarterback rating of 63.5. He's been sacked 61 times, including 45 with the Arizona Cardinals in his rookie season and 16 last year in his three starts uh, at for the Miami Dolphins, 0-3 as a starter in Miami, 3-10 and 10 as a starter in Arizona. So obviously, James, Josh Rosen just doesn't have what it takes. He's garbage, couldn't lead an NFL team to success if, if, if he was handed you know eight wins to start the season, and the Buccaneers made a really bad decision here. Those are all accurate statements. Definitely a fair assessment of the 10th overall pick of the 2018 draft. Now, uh, look, Josh Rosen is incredibly talented. And as you illustrated in segment one, he's incredibly intelligent. But when you're drafted by a coaching staff that doesn't know what they're doing, and that was evidenced by the fact that they were jettisoned after one year in favor of um, Cliff Kingsbury, then you get shipped off to another organization with a coaching staff that doesn't know what they're doing. You don't have time to develop. And David, this is what drives me insane about today's NFL. I realize we get all excited. We get all hyped up for these rookies. But there was a time when rookies were brought in and they were expected to be given time to develop into NFL talent. That shouldn't have changed the way that it did. Now, if you are a first-round pick, especially if you are a quarterback taken in the top 10 you are expected to start and win that year. It just, it's not good. So we've seen quite a few NFL careers torpedoed essentially because these guys just don't have the time to do what it takes to reach their potential. I think with a situation like we have now with Josh Rosen, where he is sitting back, developing and learning not only from Tom Brady, but from this coaching staff reunited with Byron Leftwich, mind you, that he can develop into the quarterback that many people believed he was going to be coming out of that 2018 draft. Yeah, and I mean, context matters, right? We, we talk about this all the time, uh, you know, whether it's regarding Josh Rosen, whether it's regarding Jameis Winston, Tom Brady, whoever you talk about, context matters. In the previous segment I brought up, Matt Liner, and again, and you and you look at Alex Smith and what Alex Smith has been able to build as far as a career is concerned, despite all of the things he had laid out in front of him. His time in San Francisco was there was just a, a revolving door of coaches and personnel and decision makers coming in and out of that franchise. I mean, th- th- when as a, as a quarterback, you need to come into a situation that nurtures your growth and then enables you to be successful. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people, especially on the outside, we look at the quarterback as the poster boy, the billboard for the teams. Success, but at the end of the day, if you don't have a franchise behind you or under you that is going to give you that platform to be successful from, you're pretty much defeated before you even get started. And when you look at Josh Rosen entering the Arizona Cardinals, listen, if you if you want to tell me that when they drafted him in April, the Arizona Cardinals, Steve Kime, all those guys were 100% committed to the plan they had laid out, to Josh Rosen as a quarterback, to their head coach at the time, and all that stuff, and then a mere 16 weeks of gameplay later. They completely flipped the thing on its head, dumped everything out that they had done before and completely shifted into a new direction. And you believe that happened organically, then fine. But I'm telling you right now, that organization, that franchise was not sold on that coaching staff. They were not sold on Josh Rosen from day one, from, from, from Jump Street. 
I don't know if maybe they wanted Baker Mayfield. I don't know if they wanted Sam Darnold. I don't know if they didn't want to draft a quarterback at all. But when in your in your mind have you ever seen a rookie quarterback get released or traded the exact same time their their head coach does, and it's their first season together? I mean, you don't if you're trying to build a successful franchise, you don't draft a kid, hire a head coach, let them let them build together, and say you got one year to show that you can win a Super Bowl or you're out. And by the way. The only weapons you have are a banged up and injured and on the downward slope David Johnson. Larry Fitzgerald, who I love him, love Larry Legend, is not a one number one wide receiver and hasn't been for some time. And a depleted defense. That's what you've got. The Arizona now, Cardinals. Now go win. Yeah, now go win. <laughs> the Arizona Cardinals were picking in the top third of the NFL draft before Josh Rosen got there, and they were picking at the top of the NFL draft after Josh Rosen got there, not because Josh Rosen went there, because the Arizona Cardinals had done things to take themselves there as a franchise. And you look at the other quarterbacks. You look at Baker Mayfield. Tell me who's had the more stable and more opportunistic career, Baker Mayfield or Josh Rosen. Baker Mayfield had a much better situation surrounding him in Cleveland and has done nothing with it. He's got better stat lines. I'll give you that. He's got more touchdowns and interceptions. I'll give you that. But as a leader, as a franchise leader, as a quarterback of a football team, he has done nothing with that opportunity. Sam Darnold came in. This dude missed football games last year because he went out making out with strangers. And listen, you're a young quarterback. You're a millionaire. You're famous. You're in a city that never sleeps. Got it. I'm not hating on you, I guess. But you know what, you know what Josh Rosen is doing? Missing games for stupid reasons. And what's the best ability in the National Football League? Availability. So it is what it is. Uh, you look at Josh Allen. Josh Allen, I would argue, is probably the quarterback making the best of the situation he has. At least he's taken his team to some promising places, but he's not really doing it with traditional quarterback play. Hey, but hey, that's fine. He's taking the situation he's in, an elite defense, a, a pretty good offense is getting better, and he's making things happen. So kudos to Josh Allen. But after that, Josh Rosen entered the worst possible situation in that NFL draft, even including the Cleveland Browns, who are the number one overall pick. Josh Rosen easily entered the worst circumstances. And what did he do? He got sent from that circumstance to an even worse circumstance in Miami, a team that literally was having a fire sale, put every talented player out on the curb with a, with a cardboard sign and said, best offer, come make me your best offer. Give me what you got. We're completely rebuilding this thing from the ground up. And by the way, if you're on the roster right now, you're probably not a part of that future. And you've got a kid who is intelligent enough to know when people are not invested in him. But we want to sit here on the outside and say, well, you should be 100%, 1,000% invested in that franchise, in that mission, when they're not invested in you. No. Why, why would you do it? Josh Rosen isn't playing football because he has to play football, right? That's, that's one of the concerns about him coming into the NFL, is everybody knew. This guy's going to be successful no matter what he does. He doesn't have to play football. It's does he want to play football. If Josh Rosen didn't want to be an NFL quarterback, he would not be going to his third team in three years. He would not be joining a practice squad. Guarantee you, well, not this year, but guarantee you Josh Rosen could go out, find himself a career path, build himself a very nice living outside the National Football League if he wanted to. This is still the kid that, that Bucky Brooks once called the most polished NFL quarter, post-polished quarterback prospect coming into the league since Andrew Luck. Does he have some baggage? Absolutely. Does he got some mental scar tissue? Absolutely. That's why, like I said in segment one, this is the perfect situation for him, the perfect time for Josh Rosen to come into a practice squad situation, learn from the GOAT, learn from the quarterback whisperer, learn from an offensive coordinator who played the game, went through the pressures, know what this kid's going through, reset the clock, and come in next year, if he sticks around, with a little bit more consistency under him, with a little bit more stability under him, and a lot less 
of the glowing glare of the spotlight. David, I have nothing that I could possibly add to that. That was that was perfectly said and all the reasons why people should be excited about the prospect of Josh Rosen joining the practice squad to learn and develop and maximize the potential that so many saw in him. So with that, uh, we have a voicemail that we are going to get to real quick right here, and then we'll have another one coming up in uh, in the next segment. James and David, you know it's me, Jim, your buddy from South Carolina. Yes, as always, South Kakalaki. Okay, so here's the deal. Leonard Fournette signed. Great. No problem. Solid signing. I'm going to go a totally different direction. I don't know if you guys noticed, may have, but Mohamed Sanu was released by the Patriots, a wide receiver with, with them last year. So Tom has familiarity with him. Okay. Now, Bruce Arians very recently talked about the competition for the number three wide receiver spot amongst Justin Watson and Scotty Miller. What if we bring in Mohamed Sanu on a veteran minimal deal? I mean, I don't know how the cap space thing is now. I never thought they'd be able to sign Leonard Fournette, but they did. <laughs> so what if they could go to Mohamed Sanu and go, hey, we talked to Tom. Tom says, yeah, he'd love to have you. Let's do a deal because Sanu would be a solid number three. His stats last year are number three stats. 59 catches, 520 yards, two touchdowns. Now, you round out that wide receiver group. I mean, you've got incredible depth of the wide receiver group. I'm just throwing it out there. I don't, I'm not saying they should do it. I'm just wondering what you guys think. If they could do it, would you make that deal? So anyway, just wanted to throw that out there to you guys. Jim, appreciate the phone call. As always, um, I, I hate this idea. <laughs> Plain and simple, I do not like Mohamed Sanu. I don't I don't understand how the Patriots, who usually fleece people on deals, gave up a second round pick essentially for what, like a six game rental of Mohamed Sanu. Then Mohamed Sanu's in position where he can take the number one or number two receiver spot on the New England Patriots, and he gets cut. Like, that tells me everything I need to know about Mohamed Sanu. I wasn't a big fan of his in Atlanta, not because of the rivalry, but because I didn't really like his, you know, I didn't like the way he played. And if you're getting cut by the Patriots, who, what, they got Julian Edelman and... Nikhil Harry, and they gave up a second-round pick for Sanu. Sanu should have beaten one of those guys out for at least the number two spot. I mean, Edelman is essentially the slot guy. So you mean to tell me that Mohamed Sanu can't beat out anybody else on that roster to line up opposite of Nikhil Harry? Like, nah, get out of here with that. I, I have zero interest in Mohamed Sanu joining the Buccaneers. Uh, so Josina Anderson tweeted out shortly after the news broke that the Patriots are moving on from Sanu that she took, she talked to Mohamed Sanu and uh, basically this is from her tweet. Uh, she wrote quote, he told me coach Belichick called him to the facility for a brief chat. And then she quotes him as saying, he told me it wasn't going to work out, which I respect. I personally think it was a money thing. I still want to play where I'm valued End quote. Listen, 
the New England Patriots had $30 million in cap space before letting go of Mohamed Sanu. This wasn't a salary cap thing. There is not a player out there on the market that they need 30 plus million dollars to sign for the 2020 NFL season a week before it gets started. That's just not it. it, it this has nothing to do with money. It's got everything to do with talent utilization. Now it might have to do with them wanting to stash money for the future. Maybe they're going to resign a guy. Maybe they're going to restructure something. So it might have to do with money in that sense, but the, the New England Patriots are not a team strapped for cash. And like you said, James, the New England Patriots are also are, are a team known for absolutely knowing how to flip products or, and property into draft picks. I mean, they, they traded a first round pick to get Brandon Cooks, and then they got a better first round pick in exchange for Brandon Cooks later after they used him. I mean, this is, this is a team that buys your used car, takes it to the car wash, and then sells it for profit. And you're, you're left there looking at the advertisement going, man, what, what, what did I have? What did I just miss out on? With Muhammad Sanu, they bought Atlanta's used car, and they said, whoa, this thing's busted, bro. Scrap pile. All right? And, and, and I'm not trying to be to- totally disrespectful to Muhammad Sanu. You know what I mean? But that it just is what it is. And then him talking about he wants to go somewhere where he's valued. Well, here's the question. Are you talking about where you're valued as a player? Or are you talking about valued as in contract? Are you looking for somebody to pay you the money that you would have made in New England or at least similar? Because you're not going to get it, bro. You're going to get vet minimum, like Jim said. And I don't know that Mohamed Sanu is willing to take vet minimum. And I also don't know that Mohamed Sanu is willing to take vet minimum and be the fourth wide receiver because Jim, I think Scotty Miller's got the primary number three stuff wrapped up. Now I believe mm-hmm. Bruce Arians, when he says there are going to be packages for different guys, like there's going to be a package where Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Justin Watson are on the field and Scotty's on the sideline. I got it. But I think if you had to, if you forced Bruce Arians to list one, two, three, Scotty Miller is wearing that number three digit. Okay. Justin Watson's wearing the number four. Tyler Johnson, if he can get healthy, is wearing that number five, probably with a very strong possibility of becoming the number four and then becoming that three alpha to Scotty's three. So if Muhammad Sanu comes into Tampa, he might be wide receiver four. He might be wide receiver five. Honestly, with all reports coming out of Justin Watson, Muhammad Sanu might be wide receiver six with zero special teams contributions, which means Mickens is taking his spot, so Muhammad Sanu is on the streets. You know what I mean? Because you're not going to carry Muhammad Sanu as your wide receiver seven. He brings no value at wide receiver seven because he's not a special teams guy. And you, you don't have anybody worse than him on the roster. So, like you said, he, he didn't beat out any of, the, any of the Patriots receivers. And looking down the roster outside Nikhil Harry, they don't have a guy that can do what Muhammad Sanu does, which means they do actually have guys that can do what Muhammad Sanu does because what Muhammad Sanu does now in 2020 it's so down low on the standard list that it's easy to replicate. Um, and listen, Father Time catches up to everybody. Muhammad Sanu, for his credit, has had a, a fairly good career. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people, I and mean, he's never been a 1,000-yard receiver, but there's a lot of people who would, would kill to play in the, in the National Football League for, what, seven years, uh, eight years. Coming up next, we are going to be joined by one more listener uh, who sent in a, uh, a voicemail about something else that transpired about the Buccaneer or with the Buccaneers over the weekend. Hey, this is Kevin from Orlando. I just got the news that the Bucks have cut Hakuma Wale and uh, Matt Gay. Not all surprised with Hakuma Wale with the uh, signing of Leonard Fournette and everything, but I I am a little bit surprised about Matt Gay. I I'm assuming that there was a kicker competition and Suckup just won it outright and they probably feel very confident with him. That's why they let Matt Gay go. But it, I mean, to me, it makes me feel like they absolutely wasted a 
fifth round pick in 2019, just automatically just giving up on Gay as fast as they did. Uh, anyway, I was just kind of wondering if you guys knew anything regarding the King competition, whether or not maybe Matt Gay was performing poorly in, in the training camp. Want to give your thoughts about this. Thank you very much for the call. And there was a kicking competition, David, but I don't think it was between Matt Gay and Ryan Suckup. It was between Matt Gay and Elliot Fry, and they both lost. That's why Ryan Suckup is here. And look, a healthy Ryan Suckup is an upgrade over Matt Gay. I liked Matt Gay. I was rooting for him. I really wanted to see him do well, but we all saw... You know, he struggled mightily in that Giants game. A lot of the blame for that loss was pinned on him. Then he goes on this run. He goes on this stretch where he was the best kicker in the NFL for quite a few weeks. Then at the, at the tail end of the season, he's missing kicks again. He's, he's inside his own head. Can't get it between the uprights. Then he struggles in an abbreviated camp where he's competing with Elliot Fry. They bring in Ryan Suckup. They say, hey, is your leg good? He says, yes. Their doctors and and trainers check it out. They say it's good. Coaches say, all right, get your butt out on the field, kick some balls, and let's see if it really is good. It was. They took a look at Matt Gay and said, you're out of here, kid. You know, best of luck in your future endeavors. I don't blame them for it. Look, this team is all in for 2020. They are not going to pin their season or rely on winning a game during this season on the leg of a kicker that is up and down. They want consistency. They want accuracy. They want leg strength. And Ryan Suckup checks all those boxes. Is it a wasted pick? I mean, maybe. And David, go ahead and cue all the fire Jason Light people that I saw over the weekend. Uh, I mean, again, miss me with the fire Jason Light stuff, right? Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, as far as, you know, the cutting of, of Dario Gumbawale, I was a little bit surprised by it. Not so much from a running back room standpoint, uh, but because, and full disclosure, I actually had an article ready to go for BucksNation.com. Bruce Arians came out uh, the day prior to cutting Dari and, and said that special teams contributions are going to be huge to determining who stays on the roster and who doesn't. And Dario Gumbawale was their 2019 special teams captain. And granted, you know, he wasn't perfect. Nobody's ever perfect. Uh, But, you know, the bottom line is he was a captain of the special teams unit for a reason. This is the third year in a row that the Buccaneers are going to have a new special teams captain. 2018, it was Darius Taylor. He's gone. 2019, it was Dario Gumbawale. He's gone. 2020, we're going to have a new one because obviously neither of those guys are here. So who is that going to be? I don't know. Maybe Ryan Smith. Maybe Ryan Suckup. I don't know. But... I think what this kind of goes back to, James, we talked about during this offseason, and it hasn't really been as highlighted as, as you know, a lot of this other stuff has. Obviously, guys like Tom Brady are sexier, and they're going to get more headlines. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have put a premium on improving special teams this year, and I think that's why you see you know, some of the guys making the roster and some of the guys not making the roster. And, yeah, Matt Gay absolutely killed himself with that Atlanta game. Like, if that Atlanta game never happens, then Matt Gay is probably still here because his confidence isn't as shaken as it probably was. The history isn't there. Like, every time... Bruce Arians saw Matt Gay miss a field goal in training camp and in Ray J during the scrimmages. He had to have thought back to Atlanta and the New York Giants game, like like without a doubt. And there were other misses too, but those two games and the misses that Matt Gay had in those two games stand out among above the rest. So to see Matt Gay come out here and miss kicks again, like you said, Ryan Sucka, I mean, it just it seems like it's just 
uh, I've said it before, kicker might be the hardest position to actually transition from college to the NFL. Um, and kicker is also the hardest job to keep in the National Football League as far as where I'm sitting. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. As far as it being a waste of a draft pick, I'm never going to think it's a waste of a draft pick. You evaluate guys from amateur performance and you try to project it a professional. That's never going to be an easy process. So, you know, unless you're coming out and you're projecting players to be this type of player every single year and you're being correct, you're not going to do any better than these guys are going to do. Do they overthink it sometimes? Absolutely. I think they overthink it sometimes. But these guys are the best in the business for a reason. They've been doing it. They live it. They breathe it. They eat it. Um, there, there's Everybody misses. You know what I mean? I wouldn't even say Matt Gay was necessarily a miss. I would just say that in in a season where, again, you're all in and you're pulling out all the stops to win a championship, you can't take the time to say, okay, young kicker, we're going to wait for you. And we're going to let you come along as you need to in season. No, you got to go get a guy that can get the job done right now. And without injury, Ryan Suckup has been one of the most consistent kickers uh, during the last few years. Again, minus injury. Um, so if he can perform that way for the Buccaneers, then it'll be a great find. David, we are going to get out of here. Please send us your voicemails. The number is 813 for one. Check out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. Follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, be good to each other, and we thank you so much for joining us right here 